Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always is Christopher Glasson. Good morning. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not bad. You said something before we started um, and uh, we was talking about the weather. Mm. And I know you got a lot of girl mates because you talk about all your girl mates. All my girl mates. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what, you, what you said this morning made me laugh. You was like, yeah, I was chatting, chatting with all my mates up north. Is this is this your new group of mates? You got yeah. mates up north. I've yeah, never heard you mention it. Diversity. And what's really good, considering it's ten a.m., you've done really well to already check in with them all today. Yeah, just to see what the weather's like up there. Diversify my friendship portfolio, mate. I, you're looking grey. I don't suspect you're going to be around for much longer, mate. So I need right. to diversify. You do. Thankfully, so, you got your girl mates, and now you got your mates up north. That's I've great. got my northern mates and my girl mates, yeah. And uh, where did we do that live show the other week? Uh, you thought it was Leeds, um, <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was it was, uh, I it was, it was in Sheffield. So that shows you how oh, good I'm. Oh, Sheffield. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get it right. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know my north, south, east, west clearly. Um, it's it's good we're not a famous mm. rock band because if you would have walked on stage and gone like hello Sheffield mm. I think there would have been a lot of confusion what the fuck is up Nottingham <laughs> you're in Burnham <laughs> well look before we introduce today's mm. guest let's talk about um, our sponsors quickly yes. um, and first of all uh, I want to shout out the Say What podcast and uh, it's hosted by um, Big Papa Jam Notorious F-A-T-T and, uh, and they're getting prolific again with their output um, it was on hold for a little while uh, but they're back, and uh, and the output is consistent and consistently shit yeah. as well. It's uh, it, it it hasn't matured in 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 the hiatus. It hasn't developed the format or put any kind of effort or work into it. It's still a very very poor podcast, and uh, and it's uh, and it's there to be listened to if you really have and enjoyed to. or yeah. suffered or suffered through endured. Uh, yeah, endured. Yeah, good shout. Um, if you want to endure uh, someone trying to beat you up, go to Southern Martial Arts mm. and learn how to defend yourself against all that sort of uh, all that wizardry. Yes, Wrenchy Simon Jane's is offering self defence classes across the, the well the south of England, mm-hmm. southeast of England. Um, also, you can become a karate instructor. So I will teach you, instruct you, fast track you to a new career as well. So go and check out Southern uh, Martial Arts. And yeah, yeah, get a new career in karate, and hopefully at some point we will be doing an, another uh, 
like open floor workout where we sorry, all go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We, we won't be doing another one. I'll be doing another one. You'll be doing think? your first one. Yeah, you'll be. Do- yeah, no, I've I've blown you a few shit, out. You shit yourself last time. <laughs> what did I do? Break my break my no, collarbone. You, sh- you absolutely <laughs> shit yourself. You've Bro- been giving it a big one for four years about your black belt, and all of a sudden you're going to be in a room with a load of alphas. And what did you do? Shit my pants. Yeah, <laughs> I'm running out of excuses. I, I mean, think that's the right one. I had COVID one time, didn't I? And then the other yeah. time was I broke my collarbone. I mean, in fairness, that was substantial. It, 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 was, it was verified when we see the video of you being airlifted off a man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're the sponsors of the podcast, so mm. big thanks to them. Um, and also, while, while, while we're here, why not let's thank um, all of our lovely Patreons because um, you can become a patron and support the podcast as well. Chris and I have been giving you episodes for five years now, every week consistently, and uh, and you can you can show your thanks by uh, supporting us over on Patreon as well. And not only do you uh, show your thanks for us and support the podcast over there, but you get loads more content. You get to watch all the episodes. So if you like to mm. um, see our beautiful guests and have to endure our ugly mugs, mm-hmm. then you can you can do that over on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you get a standalone episode each week plus an archive of hundreds and hundreds oh, of episodes. So much. And, uh, and yeah, you get access to all of that. So why not just sign up for a month? Sign up for a month, pay your, your $5 and uh, rinse that back catalogue, then unsubscribe. That's one way you can do it. Use um, us, pull out, leave us. There you go. There you go. That's been your mantra most of your life, hasn't it? <laughs> For my whole life, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get on to today's guest. Yes. Oh, oh, just quickly. It's patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's links to it on all our socials. So um, if you haven't gone and checked out the Patreon, you go over and have a little look for nothing. And, uh, and there's a little video, me mm. and Chris and Gal Porter and Scroobius Pip and lots of other people telling you all about what we do over on Patreon. So go and have a little looky over there. Today's guest, she's back, Carla Valentine. Hello. Hiya, thanks for having me back. Absolute Our pleasure. pleasure, Carla. The, the last pleasure. one was absolutely epic. Uh, I feel we learnt a lot. Um, and yeah, it just sticks out in my mind. So you did top five. Uh, it was like uh, it was few, like death rituals, wasn't it? Funeral rituals. And yeah, it was just yes. fucking really dope. And that, that's on ACAST, guys. So I do recommend going back and... And checking that shit out, and it's been probably it's been a hot minute, right, Carla? We when was that? That must have been twenty four months ago now, I reckon. It must have been, yeah. I mean, I, I my little boy's four and a half now, and I don't even wow. like know if I even had him. It was, it was ages <laughs> ago, but you know, time flies, wow. doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Well, it's Halloween, so mm. we wanted to reach out to someone yes. that's uh, dark, sinister, weird, <clears throat> and uh, so we're like, right, let's give Carla a shout. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I always take it as a compliment and October is my yeah. busiest month anyway. <laughs> so inevitably, it's like, it's mm. Halloween. Let's get the girl from the mortuary out. She can talk yeah, about yeah. death stuff. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. What is your top five going to be today, Carla? So today, something I've been doing for quite a while on social media, and it's this idea of um, the medical origins of monsters. So oh, you can imagine wow. like... Um, yeah, like I, I've always been interested in, you know, the dark side, Halloween, I worked in pathology. Mm. So the fact that you can kind of combine the two, like pathology and monsters, is just perfect. So I'm hoping everyone finds this as interesting as the um, the body parts that we could drink out of list, etc. 
Oh, this is so cool. I, I literally can't wait for this. Stu gets confused with monsters, but he does. He does. Look, I made one error, all right? I didn't realise that Dog Soldiers wasn't about zombies. Yes. Right. It's in the title. I know. But, you know, yeah. we'll hold his hand through this, me and you, Carla. We'll get there. Um, I'll speak wow. slowly. Oh, that shit. Is yeah, yeah. Thank wow. you, Carla. I am looking forward to this. Well, um, have, they, is, have we got an order here from five being sort of cool to number one being your favourite? It doesn't have to be that. There are no rules other than there needs to be five. So, but we're going to start with okay. number five and we'll work our way to number one. So what's your number five? Well, so there's actually so much to choose from, to be honest. I have a couple of honourable mentions, but, you know, we'll oh, see, see if we get there. Yeah. But I'm going to just go with something really easy and sort of familiar, I think, to people with this first one. And it's um, the vampire myth. So it's sort of possible mm. medical origins of vampire myth. And um, the the one I thought I'd go for today is porphyria. So I don't know if any of you guys have heard mm. of porphyria. It, I've seen the word, as... but I've not, I don't know what it's related to. Well, I think they always say that the madness of King George was due to this porphyria, which is so. Uh-huh. So, what it is, it's um, it's actually it's about seven different conditions, but they all um, affect the production of heme in the body. Gotcha. So, you know, if you know a little bit about blood, heme is also to do with the hemoglobin in in the body, and so um, it's rare. It's very rare. And what happens in this um, this sort of condition is that people's skin can become very photosensitive for a start. Um, so you've got someone here, so they've got porphyria, they've got really photosensitive skin. So they're probably not really going to want to go out in the day in the sun or anything like that. So you can see straight away this, this idea of like vampires. Um, but because the condition affects the blood, what it does is it kind of, um, it lays down blood cells in parts of the body where they shouldn't really be. So um, you get red teeth kind of it's, it's this condition called erythrodontia and what it means is that you've got erythrocytes red blood cells right. and they've kind of got into the enamel of the teeth and it makes the teeth look red so it can kind of make people look as though you know they've been drinking, drinking blood, blood. Yeah, so if you sort of add that also to this idea that people need to, um, you know, go out at night because they're a bit sensitive, mm. you've got two aspects of vampirism there. Let, let's let's stop, one. let's just shoot, shoot. Right, so vampires, in case you're not sure, vampires are the blood drinkers that don't like going out in daylight. If you haven't quite connected those two just <laughs> yeah. yet. So I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up when I get lost oh. at the moment. I'm all right. <laughs> Yeah, so it's um, the the other aspect as well of, of of this condition is that it can cause hair to grow in slightly unusual places on the body. And so, you know, if you think back to kind of old gothic vampire novels, that was the yeah. sort of thing we'd see. You know, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, like hairy palms. Yeah. Not so much now with all the glittery vampires. You know, you don't you don't see a lot of those kinds of horrible. Yeah. You know. Um, issues but yeah so it causes hair to grow in funny parts of the body and the teeth can become red because of this hemoglobin being deposited and the skin is really sensitive to sunlight and i think it's probably one of the first things i got interested in as a sort of monster analog because there was an episode of csi on about it years ago Mm. and this woman um, she had porphyria and she was she was murdering men and um, she was like sort of grinding up their organs in a smoothie. So I don't know whether you guys watched Santa Clarita Diet at all, where Drew Barrymore was like yeah. this, this zombie. 
<laughs> she was doing the same sort of thing. She was like having to kill people and then you sort of grind bits of them down and put them in a smoothie. And it really reminds me of that. So um, so basically this theory that baby vampires and porphyria are associated kind of started in the 1970s in the right. UK. And there's a biochemist called um, David H. Dolphin. And he he sort of mentioned all of those side effects or you know effects, I should say, of porphyria. But he also said that people with porphyria would be um, allergic to garlic. And like, I don't think he actually corroborated this at all, but he uh, seems to think that the enzymes inside garlic would be dangerous for people with porphyria. So if you kind of add all those together straight away there, you've got, you know, you've got a a vampire. And these are rare conditions. So we're talking about maybe sort of 200 people in the world might suffer from something like this. So you're going to go back in time. No medical knowledge, you know, that's the first thing that you're going to think, isn't it? People thought of monsters and religion and, you know, demons and whatnot before Absolutely. they thought of medicine. Because you can't explain it, right? So, you know, or they wouldn't yeah. be able to explain that. So, you know, that that's e- an easy, easy starting point, right? And then it doesn't take long for that to be exaggerated it just a little bit further to get, you know, what we, what we believe as a, as a exactly. vampire. So do we know what, like you say, it's super rare. You said there's only, did you say only 200 or two? In, in the world or yeah yeah with that sort of condition um you know i say there are seven different types of porphyria but to have this very specific set of symptoms it is about only 200 people in in the world wow. and it's the same for a lot of these conditions which as i say that's sort of what makes it as well so so likely that they would become this weird myth mm. you know back in the day when people didn't have medical education because it was seen so rarely that you yeah. couldn't you know sort of say oh that's just Thing that happens you know whatever it was very unusual so i mean that's that's the main thing that i think you know going with um david dolphin's research um that it sort of makes sense but there's a lot of other different things so for example people used to get buried alive by accident a lot you know because you know sometimes it can be quite difficult when people when people die you know it's a process they don't just kind yeah. of go like i'm alive i'm dead so if you buried people alive, you know, back in the sort of 17, 1800s, and they ended up kind of clawing at the inside of their coffin or trying to eat their own tongue or whatever, then when you see that, you know, corpse, that is also going to give rise to this idea of, you know, the revenant that needs to drink the blood. So, yeah, you know, back in the day, it, was, it was, wasn't just like going to your local, you know, urgent care centre, was it? You'd see, see conditions like that and it would just be like, oh, monsters. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably one that people know quite well. And obviously we'll go into a few more unusual monsters as well. Quick question. Um, why were people being buried alive? Why didn't they just go, oh, I'm, I'm still alive? Mate, the minute, I've tried it with you. <laughs> like, the minute your eyes close, I'm like, he's dead. He's gone. Like, sure, what they got? Yeah, snoring? Yeah. And it was like, nah, they're, they're as good as dead. Bury him. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a really big fear because, like I said, the, the idea of, like, death, I mean, it's not just one one moment. It sort of kind of seems like it, but mm. it's a whole cellular process. Yeah. So people could be mistakenly assumed if they were, de- like, you know, assumed dead, if their pulse had gotten so low that it was barely detectable because they didn't have the equipment to, de- you know, to detect things like that, or, say, brain death. Um, and, you know, notably people like Edgar Allan Poe, for example, were terrified of this idea yeah. of being buried alive. And so what they'd sometimes do in mortuaries is just leave the dead out for a few days on on the slab to wait and see if any like the, the first sign of decomp is usually just over your um it's just in the bottom part of your intestine you see the little part called the cecum and once that's gone green and you can observe that on a on a belly of a dead person you kind of know they're dead right. um so that is what they, they went with a lot of the time but so i don't know whether you guys might have even seen um this idea of um a coffin that's connected to a bell with yep. a string on it literally talking yeah. about this about five days ago and i was like 
like I know that was a thing, but I I, like, I was talking to someone like me who just only really operates in guesswork, not like an expert in anything like you, Carla. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out when that practice stopped, or if we just fucking imagined it. Like, is it something that someone? Is it something I've seen on some stupid tour that actually was just bullshit, or it was a real thing? And how long were people doing it? Was it all coffins, or did you have to have a bit of wonga? I think what it basically was, yes, for a start, you'd have to have money because this is like, it's the same sort of thing as people putting cages over their coffins if they didn't get, you know, pulled up by the body snatchers. So you had to have money. But I I think it, so it wasn't common practice to have these types of coffins, but there were companies that had manufactured them and advertised them. So it was kind of enough in the public's, Mm -hmm. you know, subconsciousness to know that, it, you know, it could be a possibility to purchase this coffin. And I always think of it as being quite terrifying, actually, because if you can imagine walking past a graveyard, say, at midnight, and then you suddenly just hear, like, this lone bell ding-ding because somebody's, you know, buried alive. I mean, that's scarier <laughs> for us, I guess. I mean, I know they'll be shitting themselves in the coffin. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you, you think know? that's, like, oh, like, like, slightly scary? For that poor bastard, we are talking, like, creepiest, the yeah. worst really? experience of your life. I heard a bell in a graveyard. <laughs> There's a guy buried alive. Wow. Yeah. That but is I mean, mad shit. That, that, I mean, maybe they should have just oh. done like, a, like a, a little sort of tube that people could have just shouted through because... Help! Because in a graveyard, ultimately, you're next to a church where bells go all the time. So Thank are people God, just I walking think. past the church, just going, yeah, bells, bells against the there? church? Can you uh, hear me Car- again? We've got you back, Carla. Sorry, we've got that you just, back. Yeah. I just we've, popped um, a char- charger in just in case, but you guys yeah. just went, yeah, you guys went then. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's, That's all, all right. good. The, these things happen when we're, we're doing the old uh, uh, via Zoom. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, you, you video, yeah, so, your videos. Said, oh, there we go. There we go. You're back. There you're back. Shoe yeah. suggested, <laughs> why didn't they put a pipe down there people could shout out of? I mean, let me step in there, Carla. So, what, you wanted to turn that coffin into a swimming pool as well then? Shoe, no, I mean, we, you could have done. We could be in like a snorkel, but like just a tube oh. where you can just go like, I'm not dead, rather than ring a bell. Which is in a churchyard. You're in a churchyard where yeah. bells are ringing constantly. Right. Like, can you imagine I, I pop- the smell though if, all, like, if the decomp gas is oh, all coming up through the pipe? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. For the, for yeah. the 99 out of 100. They did try and address that. You can yeah. get coffins, or there were a few made that had a big piece of glass, so you could like look down into the the catacombs of some people. But as I say, again, more like they were demonstrated as pieces that people could buy rather than mm-hmm. them being routinely used. Um, but yeah, so you know, it was it was a genuine fear for a while. Not not so much nowadays, thank God. My but, dad, um, like yeah. getting all morbid. My dad, um, I say it's morbid. I find this really funny. But my dad had said for years, uh, you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I promise when I die, you've got to check I'm dead. Because my dad's got claustrophobia. And like God. the idea of being stuck in a coffin and all that shit, really, we really weren't all about that. And so I remember when I went to see dad, like, yeah, uh, well, you know. Yeah, no, he was, I was prodding him, like, you know, I was laughing. Obviously, I was sad, but uh, that was a funny part of it is like, dad, you are 100% fucking dead, mate. <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind. And uh, so that was it. I did, I, I did the only thing on his will that he really requested was just, you know, prod my face. <laughs> Give him hope. <laughs> But they used yeah. to do that as well. They would put, you know, they would like put t- tissue between people's toes or fabric between the dead's toes and light it on fire because <laughs> to wake them up in case they were just sleeping oh, and right. also use pins, try and stick pins in people, try and wake them up in case they were sleeping. So, yeah, a lot of different methods um, that were used to make sure that didn't happen. So it's clearly enough of a fear um, that people had. But as I say, pretty safe nowadays, hopefully. <laughs> wow. Fingers crossed. What's your number four, Carla? So I will go with, um, I'm going to go with werewolf. So um, people who, as I mean, I'm sure, do we need to explain werewolves at all to anyone? Sue's pretty good with werewolves. That's like, you've literally covered me and Sue's favourite monsters straight away. So, uh, but yeah. I think I'm all right, but you did throw a curveball about vampires when you said they were getting hairy. I was like, what? Uh, Like, what's going on Oh, yeah, just little patches. Yeah, Yeah, Bram Stoker's famously was a hairy palm, you Mm, see. So people with, um, so this werewolf syndrome, it's actually called, um, hypertrichosis and that means excess hair so this is what this is where you're really thinking of like you know proper werewolf mm. and people with hypertrichosis are genuinely covered with it you know all over their faces like their noses foreheads and everything and you will have probably seen something like this before because people with this condition tended to have to work in freak shows mm-hmm. you know and they'd be presented as i think that there was one woman in the 18, 1800s called julia pastrana pastrana and uh, she was presented as a monkey woman but for the most part it would be you know werewolf or, or, or dog or something like that because there's another issue that happened with it too and it's um it's something that affects the gums so if you can imagine that the person the patient's already really hairy they then have this thing called um it's called gingival um hyper hyperplasia which means excess growth of gingival or gum cells and so what would happen is the 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 gum would um, start to make the mouth protrude slightly and Mm. even in some cases people got extra teeth so julia pastrana for example she had two rows of teeth on the bottom and two rows on the top as well yeah so it wasn't even just a case of like the, the hair it was this gingival hyperplasia as well that really kind of led to this you know werewolf myth there's, there's a load of our listeners Googling Julia right now because that is something you just, I feel like I have to see. What's her surname again, Carla? Julia? Pastrana. Pastrana. P-A-S-T-R-A. 
A-N-A, yeah. Wow. So, and she was very famous for, as I say, work, working in freak shows because that's really how people can make the living. But again, these things are in, in very, very, very rare. And they're congenital conditions. You know, people are usually born with this. So, yeah. you know, they come out of the womb, they don't develop it later. So it just looks like, um, but a lot of the time, actually, women who gave birth to children like this, um, it was sort of considered that maybe they'd had some kind of terrible shock while they were pregnant, right. or maybe they'd made some kind of deal with the devil, or, yeah. you know, the family had a curse on it, something like that, because obviously the babies were coming out straight away with the deformity yeah. as opposed to, you know, acquiring it later. Um, but that's that's one, um, less than 100 cases usually at a time in the world. Um, but you can see if you, you know, sort of Google the condition, there are people, you know, living now that have that condition. And, you know, there's nothing that you can do for it. Um, so, yeah, very unusual. And, I, and it can make, as I say, it can cause these extra teeth, but it can also make them quite sharp and jagged as well. So, you know, it just has you thinking of like, Wolves, doesn't it? You know that sort of really specific. You know the gums suddenly yeah. protruding out during really the transformation. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm no just, mention of moonlight. Okay? <laughs> I'm just looking at an X-ray of someone with that condition, and yeah, their their front, their, their mouth does start to protrude, Stu, just like in the transformation in American Werewolf. Like, yeah, that's that's mm. crazy. And again, it's very similar to the one. On the vampire side, it does. You're not that far departed from that being. Firstly, it's almost a myth because you're barely gonna ever see it, and then mm, yeah. um, so really, it's only hearsay. There was never Google, and then people are gonna <laughs> start. The people who did see, it's easy for your imagination to run run along with you, or even just start mm. telling that tale a bit more tall and saying, "Yeah, that they're yeah, very werewolf." Just God, man. Mm. I mean, like that must be. I mean. That must be a tough condition. Are there, so you're saying there's probably a hundred cases of it now in the in the world. Yeah, I mean the, the literature says that, and it could be possibly maybe up to a hundred, but certainly no more than that. Um, and yeah, there's really, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. Even you know, we we all know it's difficult to shave. Like imagine you know having to try and shave, shave your, face, your nose yeah. and your forehead and and all of that. So um, yeah, so it's really really unusual. And again, you know, that is what really made it seem so spectacular and magical, really, because it wasn't something that you would see a lot. Um, and I think originally, you know, say if it was the 1600s, these people may have possibly been sort of banished or or, mm. or killed for being so different by the sort of like 1800s with freak shows people were accepted a bit more you know not that that's a good thing at all um but they at least could make a living um you know and maybe even see other people like themselves because there might be another one in another freak show you know but as you say there's no google there's no there's no tinder for like swiping for you know the other the other person who's got the same condition as you just have to bear it on your own (laughs) but you can imagine that as well like if you did like you're saying about feeling people have been cursed or whatnot if if a, if a woman gave birth to a child who was already covered in hair back then, mm. that is just going to cause outright panic in the village, right? You can mm. imagine them killing a child, poor sod, yeah. or just mm. coming out like that, you know? So, yes. And I think a lot of people, I mean, if you know you know the elephant man, don't you? We, we obviously we call him Joseph Merrick because he's, um, he's in our hospital you know i work for for barts and, and the london mm. and um he um known as the elephant man and what he was told and what everybody believed was that his mum had been frightened by an elephant at the circus and while she was pregnant with him and that was why he you know ended up looking the way that he that, did that was that's the um, story so, that i was told 100 percent. yeah yeah so so it's a it was a real you know before we had like genetics and everything 20th century people really did believe that for a long time as i say either something had, had happened to the mum or some 
kind of curse or yeah some sort of fright or whatever which is you know it's bad enough isn't it to have a condition like that and imagine to be you know imagine being exiled or murdered for it really nasty stuff so it you say you work at bart so is is have you got the elephant man's bones there yeah, we do. So what what we have is um, we actually have, have them. No, but he wanted to buy them. I have to say, right. I've even seen the letters when I first started to work there. I saw Holy the, the correspondence between people. But yeah, so what we do have, so we we have the original skeleton, but he's not on public display. A lot of people um, sort of miss. It's a bit of a misassumption that because we've got a, a what are they called a three D printed model. So that's the thing that's on public display, along with a lot of you know Merrick's. Um, sort of different possessions, his hat and his houses of cards he used to build. Mm. Um, but the reason we keep the real bones is obviously for the for the junior doctors. Mm. Um, and they've recently had some testing because they're trying to find out once and for all if he definitely had Proteus syndrome, um, right. the elephant man. So there's been some DNA testing recently. So that's why we keep the bones. Um, and he had, you know, uh, Merrick, the elephant man, had a good relationship with Frederick Treves as well, the surgeon there. So, um, but on public display is the plastic uh, 3D printed skeleton. But as I say, as similar thing people thought that that's what had happened to his mum and so when he started to exhibit this sort of gray skin and these big you know largening of the limbs and 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 the face it was like elephant disease so they used to call it elephantiasis um but we think he had something else called proteus syndrome but yeah really wide widely held belief was your mum scared by droopy the dog what's your number three carla So I think we will go with um, The Walking Dead, zombies. Oh, yes. So again, familiar, right? I'm sure everybody knows what a zombie is as well, because we really do have a lot of zombie shows now, don't we? Um, So The Walking Dead, this is an interesting one. As I say, there are a couple of conditions that could have honourable mentions, but I think the main one for this that I like to talk about is leprosy, because people are quite familiar with leprosy, aren't they? So, um, so that's it's a, it's an infection, uh, leprosy. It's a bacterial infection, and it's actually quite hard to grow in cultures. I don't know if you know this, but if you try to grow the bacteria that causes leprosy, you have to grow it on an armadillo shell. You you can't <laughs> no, grow right. it. In- no. Yeah, you, you can't grow it in like a normal, you know, those Petri dishes of jelly, the agar jelly that you put yeah. um, cultures on. You can't grow it like that. You have to use um, uh, yeah, the shell of a. Um, what did I say? Armadillo. <laughs> so it's quite, it's quite unusual. Um, so the thing about leprosy basically is that um, I think probably a lot of people have got this image in their head of mm. maybe uh, bits limbs and extremities rotting off mm. and that is, is what it is so it, it's not that the parts of a person rot off because they have this disease what it is is you lose all feeling in your extremities so if you're from a poor country and you oh, you know suffer this yeah. which say you're lying down i'm going back sort of like 17 1800s if, if you're sort of lying down and trying to sleep at night and the rats come into the bedroom and they start to nibble at your fingers and toes and nose you don't wake up that's part that's the problem with leprosy is that there's no feeling at all in those extremities so that's why um they they sort of start to look as though they're rotting off and beca- well, because because it was high blown there carla i had no <laughs> idea that that's that's what oh, <laughs> yeah so you know people people were terrified they, you know we've all heard of leper colonies they were all mm. put together to live together because it was infectious and um, made to wear bells around their neck so that people could hear them coming but i think one of the main reasons i would sort of call this the living dead syndrome is because there's a, a medical historian called steve parker that talks about the fact that 
that the Catholic Church didn't didn't um, recognize lepers. They considered them the, the living dead. So they had like no rights, even though they were sort of walking around and they were obviously humans and they were just infected with a disease. Mm. The Catholic Church considered them to be the living dead. It's, it's incredible. I, I'm sure at some point, like the Catholic Church, have had to on a number of occasions is is come out in the future and go, uh, we're sorry about that one. Because <laughs> yeah. they've had to do it on a number of different, like obviously some yeah. more, you know, more contemporary issues that we have. We're not going to dive, we're not going to get all political. Quite but list. Yeah, there quite is quite a list of them going, just saying fucking outrageous shit. And then you're just like, where the fuck did that mm. come from? And then there's mm. such overwhelming evidence of like their behaviour just being despicable. And they're like, yeah, no, that we, yeah, no, people with leprosy do have souls <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like they're not the living dead. Really yeah. That's wild. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, this is obviously, you know, the Middle East mainly that yeah. where this was the case. But yeah. So, I mean, we don't, we don't even really call it leprosy anymore because mm. that word is still, is offensive. So we call yeah. it, mm. we tend to call it Hansen's disease, just Hansen's in case anybody wonders. I, well, I didn't know that either, Carla. So thank, uh, mm. thank you. So I don't mm. run around saying leprosy. It's not really, <laughs> it's not really something you talk about every day, but I, I remember as a child, it being in, in a few movies um, and just being like, oh, that, that sounds like, something you you absolutely do do not want and is it is it curable now hansen's disease are they yeah it is yeah yeah that's the thing so because it's a bacterial infection it can be cured with um antibiotics and things but obviously wow. in certain parts of the world right. when you don't have access to that medication and obviously going back you know a few hundred years as well it was very different but now yeah i mean you can treat it quite quite easily so nobody really you know should have to go through that and, and as you say I, I don't think people are treated like that now um but it's um mm. it's it's definitely something that was yeah something that people really had to learn from because leper colonies and making people wear bells around their necks and again this is the idea of this bell can you imagine you're you know late at night you're in your house and then you suddenly hear like several bells because <laughs> these people who are you know who are infected with leprosy are going for their nighttime walk trying to avoid the people in the day and yeah, you can yeah. just hear all these bells jingling. imagine um, if they're walking you know, through a cemetery and there's someone underground going <laughs> so many bells it's that whole <laughs> idea as well like when you talk when you extend that to the zombie thing so like obviously night of the living dead is probably the most known for bringing zombie movies to the public but that that mm. that that bore survival horror. The idea that you're gonna board yourself up in your home uh, mm. to, to to keep keep the zombies out um, because you you obviously wouldn't want to catch leprosy. And again, zombies mm. it's just one bite and then you're fucking fucked. So again, there's that yeah. that, that thing of leprosy is contagious, much like yeah. becoming a zombie. So wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, to be honest. Yeah, you're right, because it's like this, the equivalent, isn't it, of trying to keep them, you know, out of the house. It's sort of a metaphor for keeping them away, the leper colonies and, and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. So, yeah, as I say, we tend to call it Hansen's disease now and, um, you know, obviously I'm more sympathetic. But I did want to just talk about something as well because it just because mm. i find it fascinating i don't know if you've ever heard of um cotard's syndrome which is walking corpse syndrome and uh, it's it's no, psychiatric yeah so, so this is a, for some people who are very severely depressed and again this is rare mm. but they have this um it's called cotard's delusion or walking dead mm. uh, syndrome and they basically believe that they are already dead it's oh, wow. um it's really rare again and it has been represented in some tv shows so like for example hannibal i don't know whether you yeah, guys used to watch hannibal. It. yeah it's incredible yeah. do you remember there was a, there's a girl in it and um she was quite a young girl and she's sort of hiding under the bed and she looked a bit pale and you know yeah. scary and she, 
completely yeah she had cotard syndrome and was convinced that that she was dead so that's another really interesting um you know condition to look into if you're really you know wanting to go down that spooky rabbit hole this morning <laughs> yeah no do it wow um, my dad had sundowner syndrome i don't know if you've heard of that uh carla but uh so basically especially with people who who might be have a lot have serious health conditions but my dad had uh, parkinson's that was moving into Louis body dementia and what you tend to find it's also he also had restless leg syndrome as well and you'd find by about like seven o'clock at night dad's jitters would start and then by eight or nine he would be walking around the house like a zombie 100 percent like a zombie like there's almost he'd walk around in he'd shuffle into each room he'd stand there he'd be exhausted because he's not sleeping because he's got restless leg syndrome he'd get more mm. agitated as soon as that they call it sundowners because it's once the sun goes down and he'd be right. walking around the house like a fucking zombie and it was like it was it was crazy i did film it once um yeah i, I don't know why like i'd never share it with anyone because it's not showing my dad at my best i love my dad's memory but it i don't know i don't even know where the video is now but i was just like like it, that that night was particularly wild mm. like He's just walking around the house, mm-hmm. not really there, really slowly with his eyes closed, and it was just like a zombie. It was, it was, it was kind of wild. But he didn't have bits falling off him. And just to come back, because I actually almost forgot what you said at the start, which was absolutely haunting. Like, if that was kind of common then that rats were just in your house, and like the thing that was stopping rats eating you was that you'd know before they did. That yeah, is it's fucking it, yeah. mental. <laughs> a couple of hundred years ago, you know, yeah. and we, especially talking about the Middle East, you know, it's, mm. it's, um, yeah, oh, I mean, right. it's, it yeah, was quite, quite common. Um, and, and obviously other different creatures as well, you, you know, used to do that sort of thing. But that tends to be why you see, yeah, the nose missing and bits of fingers and stuff. And of course, that visually has the sort of appearance of a zombie as well. But as, as you said, you know, with your own story, like you, you know, you knew your dad, like you, you mm. knew him as a person and loved him, but it's still quite terrifying, isn't it, to see someone in that condition that, yeah. you, that and you know them. So can you? imagine if it's you know people you don't know and whether it is something like sundowners or yeah. something like leprosy and, and they're acting that way i mean you can see people would be terrified um you know it's not like it's an excuse for segregating people or treating yeah. them poorly but they would have been genuinely you know shit scared yeah. Of, yeah. of that sort of behavior yeah was that that initial that there is that like lizard brain thought that we all have with with anything like that, which is that your self interest to protect yourself, and mm. you know that you know other behaviours that humans negative behaviours demonstrate even in today's society comes from that tribal thing of right first and foremost, do I need to mm. be around this person? Am I familiar with them? What how, what risk is there on our life? And that that comes from hundreds of thousands of years being in us, and nowadays mm. you get that thought and you kind of like. Stop being silly. Come on, it's, you know I probably don't need to have a, an outrageous reaction, but it's still there. And mm-hmm. seeing someone like oh, that, yeah. even your own dad is kind of like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because also he was like dad would come in and out of being very rational, normal dad, and mm-hmm. then like of an evening you're like, here we go, and it was transformative, almost a bit Gosh. like a werewolf. Really, it's come yeah, the sun goes thinking. down, and my dad's yeah. like, dad's <laughs> acting like a fucking absolute lunatic. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. Number where are we at? Two. Two. Right. two. Yeah, two. Yeah, I was just thinking what should I do next? Um so I think I'm gonna talk about oh yeah, we've got to talk about Frankenstein's monster, haven't we? It's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> because actually again, there's there's so many different kinds of analogues that you can talk about, even like modern day, you know, 
creating the monster. But so what I wanted to, to mention for this is something called galvanism. So when Mary Shelley, she wrote Frankenstein, as we all, all know it, um, with this idea, you know, it's alive because the electricity, you know, went to the corpses. So this is this is actually true. So basically, um, this was something that happened in um, sort of like from the 1780s onwards. There was a scientist called Luigi Galvani. So that's where, where we get the name. Um, and he had observed, I don't know how, it was obviously through some other experiment, but he'd observed that if you had a, um, frog's legs, and, you know, they would, they would sort of uh, amputated from the main body of the frog. If you put an electric current through them, they would twitch. So um, this started off a kind of a flood of research of trying to, you know, reactivate body parts, I suppose, with, with electricity. Um, so when what, they, what um, Luigi Galvani did was a lot of experiments on um, executed criminals after sort of animals and things like that. Um, executed criminals, for example, once they they were dead, you know, however way they'd been executed, they would be handed over to scientists like Luigi Galvani um, to basically use, you know, for, for some sort of experimentation and um, and, and to see, yeah, if, if if the heart could keep beating or you know if, if the toes could keep moving after death. And in fact, we've even got um, in our collection at Bart's. You you probably heard of John Bellingham. He's the the only person ever in the UK to have assassinated a UK prime minister, which I find shocking. I would have thought it would happen way but oh no it happened in 1812 but once bellingham was obviously found guilty of the crime and he was um he was hanged they began some experiments on his body and his his heart was placed into a chamber and electricity applied to it and it kept beating for four hours after it had wow. been removed and was put in this chamber so, so there was an awful lot of stock put into this idea that electricity would would basically be the spark of life, and you know later on we even end up with things like I think it's probably quite well known this idea that doctors used to give women orgasms for hysteria, um, with electrical sort of you know massages, um, which is it's a bit of, it's not really true that they, there was sort of talk about it and it didn't really happen, but the reason that that those tools were sold this idea that like an electric stimulation tool mm. might you know help with with diseases is because of, of galvanism and this idea that electricity is the spark of life so um mary shelley was obviously molly's got aware loads of, of those electrical stimulation tools <laughs> carla she's basically i've got a cupboard full of these yeah, i'm never there yeah. she never lets me come in when she uses them she's just like we're gonna we're gonna have sex tonight when well, i am quiet. and then I, i'll get sent out <laughs> yeah, there was. I think there was a film made about it called Hysteria, where they sort of oh, perpetuated right, this yeah. idea that that's what you know women would go to the doctors to to get a cheeky a cheeky orgasm to make them feel better. But um, but yeah, no, Mary Shelley was obviously very aware of all of this, and this is where you know she was only very young, and you know a woman at the time it was quite remarkable. This story that she came up with. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's where she got the idea from from, from galvanism. Um. And to, when you think about it, what do we use nowadays to start people's hearts in hospitals yeah. and places? We use defibrillators. So, you know, it's still kind of still with us, this idea of that that technology. Um, but, yeah, so Frankenstein's monster, I think, is a, is a really interesting one. But you've also got nowadays, I mean, if you wanted to make your own monster, you wouldn't really need to dig up any dead bodies and sew all the parts together. Because now people are doing things like growing organs from mm. scratch, you know, using stem cells and things. So the, the same, you know, it's the same concept, but I guess you, you don't have to get your hands as dirty <laughs> if you're yeah. going to grow the cells. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a few years. We're only a few years away from the movie Splice at this point, uh, which yeah. is just ter just fucking terrifying film if you've ever watched it. But 
Yeah, or 3D printing would be 3D printing mm-hmm. body parts before you before you know it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess electricity. I mean, like we can restart the heart. I wonder if some point because obviously there's loads of neurons being fired through. I actually here we go. Stu, strap in for some guesswork. Electrical neurons. Is that is that electricity firing through the neurons in the brain? Like so, I wonder if well, you can jump start the brain at some point. You know, there's yeah, a whole movie was- in itself. It is, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, well, in your heart in particular, you've got, there's an area there that generates the electrical impulses that makes it beat. So, you know, it really does make sense, doesn't it, that that you would use electricity to kind of jumpstart it again or, or, or whichever way around. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I find, I do find that really, really fascinating. Um, but there was some, sorry, I was just going to say something that I've totally forgotten. Never mind, it'll come back to me later. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think, yeah, really, really interesting idea about, you know, what what is life? What is the soul? Are we just sparks of electricity, you know, and how can we, yeah, how can we stimulate them? And, um, you know, people are still doing experiments. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The ghost heart. It's another thing that I talk about around Halloween, but it's like you said, it's a scaffolding using a pig's heart. And you, mm. it basically goes into a special chamber and all of the normal blood, all of the normal heart cells are washed out of it. And those cells are replaced by cells from a possible host. So if you needed yeah. a heart transplant, they'd be your cells. And effectively that heart will grow and it's a new heart for you and you're mm. less likely to reject it because it's been made with your cells. Yeah. So we really nearly are there when it comes to that sort of, you know, he's alive, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happening. Wow. <laughs> Wow, it's it's incredible. Look, Frankenstein is a shit story. It's a great, it's a great novel. I could, yeah, Mary Shelley just knocked it out of the park. And you said yes. so young as well to yeah. create something so irreverent and uh, yeah, great and tra- and tragic as well. Yeah, and the original story I always find much better than you know the films or but unless you know we're talking about the, the old black and whites. I like the I like mm. the Elsa Lanchester, you know, Bride of Frankenstein sort mm, of films. Yeah. They are they're great. Um, but yeah, like so unique, completely you know, and for her to write that and she's basing that on like the work of men at the time as well in the 1800s. So I, I think that's a, a really good. Um, I would definitely recommend everyone reads Frankenstein yeah, for, for sure. Halloween uh, creepiness. <laughs> Fantastic. We're at the top spot, right? Yeah. yeah. So my final one then, I guess what what I did um, for this list is I'm going to go for the teratoma, which is also known as a monster tumour. And I don't know whether you might have seen these before, but if I describe them, so basically they're they're dermoid cysts is another another name for them. They are big tumours that tend to be full of teeth and hair and sometimes eyeballs and lots of um, different organs or certainly different cells of different organs all in one place. So it's called the monster tumour. When you tend to open it, you know, it looks very much like a monster inside somebody. So what I've, I've called it the monster tumour, but also it can be, um, it's like the parasitic evil twin sort of idea yeah. as well. It's like yeah. evil twin inside you or something, you know, that you're you're having to feed or you need to cut it out. It's going to take over. <laughs> That's yeah. the teratoma. <laughs> There's nothing more scary than that. The fact you're growing a, like an evil twin. And I've just had to quickly Google it just to look at the images. And it is somewhat quite harrowing, some of these that you see. Mm. I mean, yeah, we've got one is. in our collection at Bars, and it's um, put it this way: so they tend to grow usually from 
and women's ovaries usually, but everybody has the potential to make all sorts of different cells because we've all got like sexual reproduction, mm. you know, um, cells. But a woman's ovary is the size of an almond. Um, and we've got a dermoid cyst that is, I mean, I'm sort of doing, it's like the size of my head basically yeah. um, in our collection. And you can see the hair and you can see the teeth and everything in it. And some of them are more, um, you know, gruesome than others then fill mm. with more teeth. But some of yeah. them really do look like little people. And so they're, they're known as homunculus or homunculi. It's, yeah. So it's the homunculus if it looks like a tiny person, yeah. um, which is where you get this idea of the parasitic evil twin. And it's purely just because we all have the ability, obviously, to make cells for different tissues, for different organs, whether it's our hair, fingernails, you know, liver. Um, but if something goes wrong while those cells are differentiating, is what we call it, like growing, right. then you can dermoid cyst and yeah can you imagine you know somebody taking that out in sort of 1700s or 1800s um they would just think it was a you know a remnant of another person mm-hmm. they wouldn't think it you you know new thing um so yeah pretty pretty scary for people to to um see that and they, they're not actually that uncommon to be honest i think the, the more gruesome ones and the bigger ones are uncommon mm. nowadays because let them get so big before mm. people tend to get operated on but you yeah. can see some amazing examples online of, of yeah the, t- the teeth and as i say sometimes even eyeballs so that's that's really gonna that's really wild. gonna scare you isn't it it's mm. like yeah i mean it's an extension of like i know it's a little lovecraftian in a way um in the sense it's a, like weird insane growths that don't really mm. make much sense to the human beings and then like obviously horror films like the thing take it to a to mm. another extent but that is pretty, it's pretty scary. It's like your body has got the capacity to have a genetic blueprint and it's just, it's doing one of its instructions somewhere where it shouldn't be. So it's like, I've just had yes. a quick look and there's one where this person's just got teeth coming all out their toenails. Like loads well, of I think that one might be, that might be a fake. Fake oh, picture, that oh, one. Okay. That's, that's the problem with the internet. Though. I think that I think that one is. But yeah, that, that's the problem uh, with the internet, I suppose, yeah, isn't right, it? Yeah. But it's funny you say that because you know we we sort of went, oh yeah, can you imagine? You know, you're growing this thing and it's got teeth and hair and everything. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, I've had a baby, like you know, so it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It was growing teeth and hair inside me and everything, you know. But like you say, if the blueprint gets a bit scrambled, then it's sort of like, you know, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit scarier, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> These cysts are they internal or external? internal definitely but what what as i say with some of the sizes of them like the one that we've got is this big so at that point you know this woman's abdomen would have been humongous and she you know people may have thought she may have thought she was pregnant until um she was investigated but now we've got you know we've got our ultrasounds and scans and everything so we can detect these things in people a lot earlier because you can see the differential tissues in it you know and a doctor's going to know well that shouldn't be there that shouldn't be there um, and remove them but again we have this issue with third world countries or you know people who don't have access to Western medical treatment, mm. they're going to be the ones that end up with these tumours getting bigger and bigger um, and possibly cut out in not not even real sort of medical um, scenarios, more like these mystic ceremonies where they're being removed. And, um, yeah, they might may well just look like, say, some kind of parasitic twin that's going to take over um, wow. and certainly like some kind of monster. So, yeah, so it's known as the monster tumour. Can you see out the eye if it's got an eye in it? I don't think so. That'd be good, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> On the back of your head or something. Yeah, no. I, I can don't see it inside my own body. That'd yeah. be it. What can you see? <laughs> just, it's just a lot of blood, really, and a tooth <laughs> and some hair. Yeah. <laughs> so the teeth wouldn't yeah, evolve no. to the point where, like, it'd start to eat its way out. 
<laughs> no, but <laughs> no, but they do get really advanced i mean you know we're, we're talking like actual molars have been found yeah. in some of these things you know not just these sort of tiny milk teeth milk or teeth. little chips of enamel yeah um but yeah like proper proper molars and i say when you get one that's like a little tiny man a little tiny person then you're really getting into sort of quite spooky like i say evil twin territory you know yeah it's definitely a good number one because i i just I'd, like the fact that you went hey it's not even that uncommon is like you're like hey <laughs> yeah. being aware kid is like you know is going to be quite uncommon um hansen's disease un- uncommon curable teratoma you could have one now like if you're listening yeah. to this you could be growing your evil twin as we speak uh sleep tight guys sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the part where the medical person says get any lumps checked out you know yeah, that's it <laughs> do yourself a lump <laughs> wow i i had i had a cyst on top of my head did you? I, had it, I had it cut out, yeah. But anything in it? No, it was kind of like whatever was in it. I felt it rolling down the back of my neck, which was quite horrible. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but had I had known this information, I would have asked so many questions. I was like, was it smiling? You know, <laughs> was, was it smiling? What was it? You would know? you have left it for a bit longer just to see? Well, no, no, just no, said, no, well, so well, don't be questions. so hasty. Let's give this what, this. What colour is hair as well? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yes. Exactly. What, would its hair be the same colour as your hair? And your eye colour? Would it be the same colour as your eye colour? Because imagine that if you had like a dodgy it eye. Could be totally different. And you could switch it for your new eye, like your little clone eye, and you'd, look, you know, you'd go a bit bowie. You could have two different coloured eyes. It'd be great. I like the so idea of growing your own organs, actually, mm. for, for like replacement later, you know, just yeah. so you've got some spares. And it's a, it is, yeah, leave them to grow. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that's the point of them. And then you might find there's a kidney in there at some point when you need yeah, one. Spare kidney. So just keep Absolutely. <laughs> we need to create some kind of really fucked up allotment, like where we're just <laughs> growing weird shit. <laughs> But no, I mean, I guess go, you wouldn't have to go to Turkey to get your teeth or anything no, like no. that. You could just literally <laughs> throw them on the back on your back <laughs> yeah. in a little sack. Just some new, some new incisors. Um, <laughs> what they, they used to use dead men's teeth. Have you ever heard of that phrase, Waterloo teeth? Like people used to have uh, dentures in the olden days. Um, they were dead men's teeth that they would take out, sort of like battlefield soldiers, and make dentures. And right. that's why a lot of people Waterloo teeth. Waterloo so teeth. Imagine having a bunch of dead men's teeth, and I don't know what's worse—the the homunculus or like dead people's teeth in my mouth. I think I'd go with wow. the homunculus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh God, that's a lot, isn't it? That really is. What you do, you do? Would you like, have another person's teeth in your gob? Oh, if I could, like, if 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 Ryland got took out, like, <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give get me them, give me yeah. them, because oh, I've, I've got teeth like a row of bombed assies, mate. And if I could have Ryland's, <laughs> mate, I'd be all over it. <laughs> Carla, you are literally yeah. the absolute dream dinner guest. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you absolutely. like, why Thank would you. you not want Carla at your dinner party? Well, the that, stories so for days are I fantastic. Sometimes, as much as I love horror. I still get a thing where I confuse what I'm thinking or seeing with what I'm eating. So I confuse my senses. <laughs> so it's happened with horror films my whole life. Or, or my, my, like my best mate that's, found that's this That's a out. condition. That's a condition. Syn- synesthesia or something like that. Stupidness. And, oh, stupidness. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so my best mate will do it to me. He's made me a lot more robust to it. But like when mm. we were at uni and he knew this and we'd be eating pizza, he would he would just say things to put me off my oh. food so I, so he could eat it. But it was always beyond just, you know, when someone says, oh, don't talk about that when you're eating. It's like, 
No, I, I will start thinking I'm, I'm whatever we're discussing. I'm, I'm tasting it, and it just freaks me the fuck out. Ah. So, in terms of a dinner guest, I'm not sure I want to talk about evil twins with you, Carla. But in terms of at the pub, like I think <laughs> well, you, yeah. you know, it's just like, I, don't, I, I don't think we could, I'd ever like find something not interesting to discuss. I mean, wow, there's just. I do yeah. find, you know, at pubs, I, I forget like who I'm when I'm talking to somebody mm. that when the people are around me, they're sort mm. of listening to the conversation because it's it's not normal people conversation. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I always tend to say, yeah, I'm good at cocktail parties because yeah, people have had enough drink that they can kind of deal with it. You know, yeah, yeah, they're not yeah. eating yet, so I'm not putting them off yet. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just a fount of knowledge for you know any anything weird or any anything to do with dead bodies. So um, yeah, I forget I forget that everybody does that for a living. So. <laughs> My oh. nan, my nan, uh, talking about different like rare genetic conditions and that. My nan knew someone with two heads. Bollocks, bollocks. Yeah, like that. But like, but like, like, shoot. That's why I used to think. Like at first, I believed it because I was young. Then right. I didn't believe it because it just didn't sound possible. But as I've got older and I've seen more like uh, similar genetic variations, I'm like, oh no, that 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 might not have been. That might not have been bullshit. I don't, my well, nan wasn't the kind of person to freak me out either, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you get congenital twins, don't you? I mean, obviously, twins, again, yeah. very rare. And we see mm. when they do, you know, get separated, we, we, mm. we do see them. But I think, and I'll be honest with you, we've definitely got specimens in our collection, uh, perinatal specimens of things like that, babies that have got two heads mm. or, you know, sort of cyclops eye. But for the most part, those those babies and you know they're, they're not gonna live so mm. um you know it may it may well be that she knew somebody with a head mm. and maybe like a small sprouting little homunculus yeah. or something like that um because yeah very very rare but you're right though it does it does happen um, yeah. and, and we know a lot of people work at these freak shows again so you know at least i say at least there was somewhere that they could all meet each other but you know what i mean if you're if you're living with that sort of syndrome it's going to be better to be with people that, that understand it really rather than the people who are trying to put you off on an island yeah. Somewhere in a, in a colony, <laughs> but you know, better the devil you know, I guess. Mm. I just can't let that go, Chris. I just think, right w when we talk about our own town, we talk about how proud we are of the Pesh Mode and, and 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 Vince Clark and Alison Moyer. Why are we never shouting about the two Eddie woman from uh, Basildon? Hey, listen, I'm not saying it was Basildon. <laughs> I don't know where where this comes from. Like, this is this is ultimate guesswork here. But yeah, you know, somewhere, somewhere in between those those uh, celebrities is uh, this mysterious two-headed person. Uh, if you had, if you had an extra head, like when you went to the hairdressers, would you get them both done at the same time, and would you kind of like do that thing that people do with twins, like kind of have like matching glasses, matching kind of facial hair? What? How would you approach that, Chris? Or would you just go I'd, for good I'd, and evil? I could have had both kid and play's haircut. So uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd have had a high top and then braids. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, there might have been some, be, yeah, exactly. Benefit of that, wouldn't it? You know, being able to try out two different styles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's the best answer ever, Chris. <laughs> if uh, Carla, I mean, as we're wrapping up, I mean, what are you up to at the moment? What? How, how can people find you? Is there any any cool, interesting places that people can catch you at the moment doing fun shits? What are you up to? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I tend to give quite a few talks and things in October. So um, I'll be talking at London Month of the Dead um, on Saturday the 28th. But yeah, Yeah. but for the moment, I'm working on my next book proposal. So, I mean, if anybody wants to know more about, you know, dead stuff and um, monsters and things like that, I've got my my previous books, Past Mortems, all about my mortuary work, and then The Forensics of Agatha Christie. So, yeah, I'm working on the next books. And... um, Hopefully, I'll maybe chat to you then about another another top oh, five. We'd love see what to I can do that. that Absolutely, <laughs> for sure, Absolutely. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it's oh. been it's been so much fun having you on, Carla. Honestly, Absolutely thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Absolutely Thanks amazing. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> We're going to press stop, but don't go anywhere. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast.